What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast. I'm Justin Michael, and on today's episode, we are going to be all over the place. We're going to talk about what's happening with some of the various teams on campus. We, of course, call this What's Happening in Agrand. Just kind of a fun way to give the latest updates on all things CSU Rams. Typically, we get an opportunity to talk about some teams that we don't traditionally focus on, some of the Olympic sports. We'll dive into golf. Today, we'll talk about Aaron Katsuma leaving for New Mexico. We'll talk about a recruiting update for CSU football, as well as a kickoff time that I did not get to talk about on the podcast the other day. I think tomorrow we'll get into some betting lines and maybe some college football futures that are out now. But before we get into anything else, I just wanted to say that my thoughts, my prayers are with the family of Benjamin Brune. Ben worked in broadcast and creative services for the athletic department. He was in charge of Ram Vision. So, so many students worked underneath him over the years, including myself. I, as a part of my minor, had to film about 50 hours worth of CSU events, and Ben was always really cool. But he tragically passed away from cancer. He had posted in early May about the battle he had been going through over the last year or so. And unfortunately, his wife posted from his account this morning that he passed in his sleep. And so I just wanted to say that my heart goes out to his family, his friends, anybody that knew him. I'd like to dedicate this episode of the podcast to him. You know, I certainly didn't know Ben as well as others did, but I just, I think that what he did for so many students on campus was really special. And because of his efforts, so many individuals got to get live practical experience working a part of game day operations and getting to, you know, run these thousand dollar cameras that you would never get an opportunity to work with otherwise. It's just a really unique program. And it was something that I enjoyed being a part of tremendously during my time as a student. I'm extremely thankful for everything I got to do there. And to me, I think that in a way, kind of Ben's legacy is going to carry forward, you know, through all of the individuals that got their start in that program underneath him. But like I said, I just wanted to express my condolences to everyone that cared about him. I wanted to make sure that I recognized him before we talked about anything else. And like so many others out there, I'm really thankful for the experiences that I got to be a part of in RAMP, uh, RAMP Productions as a student. We definitely lost a good guy too soon. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's get into the latest news around campus. Let's dive into what's happening in Agland. But we do got to pay the bills, so take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all either. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. You can shop the entire collection at their brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall. It's a full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Again, no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. 
and exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over 250,000 people. I also want to shout out the homies at Saturday Neon. They are a Denver-based company that makes officially licensed signs for 19 schools, including CSU, CU, uh, Alabama, Wisconsin, Auburn, Zona, many others. It's great for man caves, offices, dorm rooms, basements, bars, you name it. We have the sweet CSU sign in the DNVR bar, courtesy of Saturday Neon. We also have a buff sign. It looks good, but, I mean, it's it's buff, so, eh. They're shipped with everything you need to mount, power, and dim, so every sign is easy to install and operate. And you'll be glad to know that they're made with high-quality materials and backed by a two-year warranty, so they have your back. Go to SaturdayNeon.com, use the code DNVR for 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over $200. Again, SaturdayNeon.com, use the code DNVR for 10% off your order. All right, so first things first, I did the episode the other day where I dove into the kickoff times and TV designations for the games that we know so far for CSU football. Still waiting to find out on a couple of those conference games, UNLV, Utah State, for instance, Boise State will be a 12 days out, which basically just means we won't know which Fox channel or what the kickoff time will be until 12 days before that one. But when I recorded the pod, which was right before that news broke so that you guys would have it when the schedule was announced, um, I did not at that time know what the TV designation or kickoff time would be for the Middle Tennessee State game. It is going to be a 5 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff, and it is going to be on an ESPN network. So not bad. Not bad at all, especially considering that game was on Ivaca last year to have it land on ESPN. Pretty good. Pretty good exposure for a game that I wouldn't think has a ton of national interest, but I guess at that stage of the season, you know, just could kind of be better than some of the the other games that are going to be on. I imagine there'll be a lot of blowouts at that stage. You're going to get a lot of SEC teams playing small schools, you know, Nebraska playing a, I don't know, I was going to make a joke like CSU Pueblo or something. But all things considered, I think it's a pretty good non-conference slate for Ram fans. The first three games are all going to be on major networks, so good opportunity for exposure. I think that the later kickoffs, especially in September, are super ideal. Not a huge fan of an 8 p.m. kickoff for the showdown, mostly just because I think I think that atmosphere is going to be intense and hostile enough. Having it at 8 is just going to make it kind of a crap show. Boulder PD, they are going to cash in that night, so make good decisions, people. They're going to be out, and they're going to be about. But the other three kickoff times, all being at 5 p.m., I think that's super clutch. I think that is the most optimum time that you can get, especially in September when it's still hot out. There's never going to be a time that appeases absolutely everybody, and I understand that. But as I wrote, with a 5 p.m. kickoff, you still have time to tailgate throughout the afternoon. If you need to, you can do stuff in the morning. If you're like me, you're probably just watching morning games. But you can get all of that done, you can tailgate, you can go to the game, you can still be home by a fairly reasonable hour, you know, 10 p.m.-ish. Unlike me, y'all don't have to go to press conferences and do a podcast and write multiple articles after the game. So I just, I think it works out pretty good for the majority of the fans out there. I think it's an intriguing home slate with good opponents. And as I talked about the other day, I think the road slate is intriguing too, just because you have games that 
I wouldn't say are necessarily must wins, but if you're going to contend for the postseason or something beyond that, you know, you are going to have to win some of those games. Middle Tennessee State, for instance, the Utah State matchup, UNLV. But for Ram fans, I genuinely think there's going to be viewing interest for every single one of these matchups, and that's not necessarily always the case. So like I said, I'm stoked for this schedule. I think that the kickoff times are pretty optimal for the most part. few things we can nitpick here and there. Don't love an 8 p.m. kickoff in Boulder. Don't love getting the border war on short rest or having it on a Friday. November 11th against San Diego State probably could have been an afternoon kick, but nothing's ever going to be perfect. And you got to play ball with the TV networks at the end of the day. So it is what it is. I'm just thankful that we can watch every single CSU football game. That was not the case even in the early 2000s. Shoot, that wasn't even the case in 2010, 2011, 2012 when I was in high school. So just keep that in mind. Always good to keep that perspective, particularly when you're watching a game on the Mountain West Network or something. Is it going to be the best broadcast you've ever seen? No. But at least you have the option to watch. I mean, I remember being eight, nine years old and having to listen on the radio as CSU hosts Weber State or something like that. We've come a long way. We really have. Still room for improvement for sure, but a lot of that is going to be resource dependent. All right, moving on, but sticking with CSU football, we will get into some of the guys that I know will be visiting campus this weekend. Real quick, though, I did want to bring up a local prospect that CSU recently offered, a guy that I'm very intrigued by. Class of 2024 out of Arvada West, six foot six, 270 pound offensive lineman slash defensive lineman. I think he would be a tackle at the D1 level. Uh, Giovanni Panazzo, and I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, but he is exactly the type of local prospect that the Rams need to land. This guy is going to be a monster. He's put on 40 pounds in the last year. He's a lacrosse player, so at 6'6", 270, you know he's agile and moves well. He has a 4.0 GPA, and he is the type of kid that typically flies under the radar, not necessarily coming from a football powerhouse in A-West, but ends up somewhere like Wyoming, who has a ton of interest in him. He was, he was in Laramie for his junior day, or for their junior day, I should say. As far as I've seen, have not seen an official offer that came from the Pokes yet because what he posted was that his his first ever offer was from CSU, which you love. But I have a feeling that this guy's recruitment is going to blow up going into his senior year, especially as more people get an opportunity to see that frame, to see how agile he is. And I mean, how can you not love a guy that has a 4.0 GPA? Clearly has his priorities in check, does the right things off the field. This is a guy that I really want the Rams to sign. And if they can get that commitment between him and Jack Moran coming out of Ralston Valley, who's going to be playing defensive tackle, that's a really nice start on the local recruiting front. It's pretty evident that the vast majority of CSU's recruiting is going to be done on the West Coast. They're going to recruit the hell out of California, uh, Nevada. They've been very active in Arizona, Utah, and Washington, doing a good job in Texas, which you always have to do. But I've been impressed with the local recruiting efforts from this staff. Just mentioned how they were Giovanni's first offer. But a lot of these prospects that are blowing up out of the major programs, Cherry Creek especially, on the offensive line, defensive line, in the trenches especially, their first offer has been CSU. A lot of these guys are blowing up and getting P5 offers now. Probably not going to end up in Fort Collins. 
much like the Gage Ginthers of the world who landed with Tennessee, it's hard to hard to outpitch the SEC money. But based on what I've seen, I think this staff is doing a good job of establishing those relationships with the prospects that project to, you know, be able to make a difference at the D1 level. And that pays off big time with some of these under the radar type guys. But even with some of the four or five star flashy recruits, establishing those relationships early on, it could come back into play a couple years from now. Maybe they go out there, find out it isn't all that it's cracked up to be. They come here as transfers. We just saw that exact scenario pan out with basketball. Anyways, shout out Billy Best. I think he's doing a really good job, especially when it comes to finding these big boys in the trenches. But the next couple of weekends are going to be massive for CSU. This is when you start having uh, your 2024 prospects out on official visits. Not going to be able to uh, update on every single one of these guys, but I did want to update you on some guys to keep an eye on. Starting with Darius Curry, dual threat quarterback out of Long Beach Poly, really infamous high school program out there. Darius is a guy who, when you watch him on huddle, clearly has elite athleticism. Um, He's a dude that blew up all the way back in 2020 as a true freshman, got offers from Michigan State, Kansas, LSU, Florida State, you name it. But the Rams offered him back in January. He has also been offered by San Diego State, Utah State, Cal, Fresno State. So it kind of seems like he's going to end up with one of these Pac-12 or Mountain West, uh, just West Coast-based programs. Coming off of a junior year in which he threw for 3,007 yards, completed 69% of his passes, threw 38 touchdowns, rushed for five, only four picks. So you love that. Definitely a guy to keep your eye on. Another prospect to keep your eye on. He actually will not be here this weekend. I had that mixed up. He will be here June 24th and June 25th. Uh, but that is offensive tackle King Large. Great name. Six foot five, 295 pounds. He is out of St. John Bosco High School out in California, another powerhouse. King is listed as a three-star prospect on 247 Sports. Among the programs interested in him include uh, SMU, San Diego State, UNLV, Oregon, Nevada, Jackson State, uh, Charlotte, Cal, all reportedly have offered him, as well as some smaller schools, Alabama State, Campbell, Colgate, Fordham, Grambling State, Certainly love his frame. That's been a big emphasis for CSU football under Norvell's to just greatly increase the the overall size of the offensive line. They were just, they were pretty small under Adazio, which you can kind of get away with if you're doing the ground and pound system, if you have the right guys, but trying to be a vertical air raid offense, it just, it wasn't going to work. I believe the average size of the linemen signed in the 2023 cycle were like 6'5", 305, So definitely a big point of emphasis for the Rams. But King Large at a St. John Bosco High School out in California, another prospect to keep an eye on. We'll continue to give recruiting updates in the coming days and weeks as we learn more of the information. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Aaron Katsuma leaving CSU men's basketball for New Mexico. But when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee with you to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. And no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. 
Bax and Shankers won over $1 billion for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Bax and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks, they can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. Also, I want to talk to you guys about our friends over at Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I just wanted to be healthier, but I'm not a big pills and supplement guy. If I'm going to have to take 14 different pills, the odds of me doing that for more than two, three days in a row, it's pretty slim. I've been on Athletic Greens now for over a year, and I love it. It's just a great way for me to get everything that I need, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's a great way to start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, pretty much all the things. It's super simple. Just take one scoop, throw it in 8 to 12 ounces of water, shake it up, and you're good to go. It's lifestyle friendly, so whether you eat keto, paleo, if you're vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, you're good there. Less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. It's less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than a cold brew habit. Plus, they've got over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts. Tons of people take some type of multivitamin, but it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body is actually going to be able to absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do, go to athleticgreens.com rams. Again, that is athleticgreens.com rams to take ownership over your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, all right, all right. In case you missed it, the New Mexico men's basketball program announced Wednesday that Aaron Katsuma has officially joined the Lobos as an assistant coach. He goes over to UNM after spending the last five seasons at CSU. The last four, he has been the director of basketball operations. And uh, last year, he was also promoted to director of recruiting. By all accounts, Aaron is a rising star in this industry. He has handled the scheduling for CSU men's basketball the last couple of years, has done just a phenomenal job in that regard. But this is a huge opportunity for him. It's a promotion to the bench officially. I know technically all the assistants in college are are on the bench, but if you were looking at it like an NBA staff, it's like going from the second row to the first row or you know, from the front office to the second row. It's just a step up in the progression, kind of like Adam Sandler's character in the movie Hustle, going from the scout to becoming an assistant coach. But this is huge for Aaron. It's absolutely huge for him. He has busted his ass ever since he came to Fort Collins, did great things at CSU, can't be anything but stoked for him. It'll be a little weird, admittedly, seeing him on an opposing sideline, especially in conference. But this is one of those situations where Aaron has to make this move. It's huge for his career. He's reunited with Richard Patino, which is actually the the coach he got to start with at the University of Minnesota back when back when AK was still a manager. There's actually a pretty cool quote from the press release from Aaron Katsuma. 
Uh, I first got to know Coach Patino as one of his student managers at the University of Minnesota. The opportunity to work for him again, this time as an assistant coach, is a full circle moment for me. This program has an incredible history, and I couldn't help, or excuse me, and I couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. I'm excited to help this coaching staff bring championships to New Mexico and its passionate fan base. Then from Patino, we have, I am excited about the addition of Aaron Katsuma. I've known Aaron for many years, going back to when he worked for us as a student manager. He did an unbelievable job for me at the University of Minnesota. He's a tireless worker who builds amazing relationships with the players. He's a relentless recruiter and terrific on the court. He will fit in very well with the culture of our program. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because we pretty much covered all the bases here. But just really stoked for AK, again, a guy that did great things at CSU. This is an awesome opportunity for him. And ultimately, this is what it's all about. This staff came over from Drake with Nico because they were hoping to advance their careers, and they've been able to do so. Aaron gets promoted a couple times. Now he has an opportunity to be an assistant coach for one of the great, you know, premier mid-major programs in the country in New Mexico. Obviously, J.R. Blunt went off to Iowa State. Dave Thorson got to go back home to Minnesota. All these guys have been able to flourish under Nico. And, you know, it wouldn't shock me if Ali Farouk-Manesh was offered some big-time opportunities here in the near future. I'm not sure uh, what his mindset is, is at, just as far as moving all around, given that he's got young kids. And selfishly, I would love to see him stick around and run this program with Nico, maybe even be his predecessor someday. Huge shout out to Aaron Katsuma, though. Really stoked for him. And I'm looking forward to getting to still see him around the league a little bit. All right, before we get out of here, we're going to wrap up with the latest on CSU Men's Golf. They finished up at the NCAA Men's Golf Championships last week in Scottsdale. Uh, They turned in their best performance actually on Sunday, 10 over 290 as a team. They finished in 28th place which is maybe not quite as high as they were aiming to place, but still a really great representation of the program on a national level. Only the third time ever that CSU Men's Golf has even competed in the men's championships. So this was a big deal. Uh, In his final collegiate round, Davis Bryant turned in the best individual round. He shot a one over 71. Individually, he tied for 81st at the NCAA championship with a total of 10 over 220 for the event. Started the day really strong, too, on the front nine, eight pars and a birdie, but unfortunately a couple of bogeys on the back nine cost him after getting as low as two under for the day. Tying with Bryant, we had a sophomore, Christoph Blair. He rebounded from a tough day on Saturday with a, with a strong showing on Sunday. Much like Bryant, he, too, had eight pars on the front nine, but he also had a bogey. He was two over through the first 12 holes, but he ended stay with a couple of birdies and a bogey. Finally, the highest finisher of the CSU men's golf team was Connor Jones. He tied for 68th. Uh, also, Jay Pabin tied with Blair for 135th, and Rashmus Helm tied for 141st. Caps off a successful first season under head coach Michael Wilson. The Rams spent the vast majority of the year ranked in the top 25, and obviously anytime you can reach the, uh, the Nationals, that's going to be a great deal for the program. It's just been really cool to see I uh, see the growth that we've had from that program, both with some of the dominant individuals that have come through and then just general team success. I feel like CSU has much more consistently been on the map over the last 10, 15 years or so. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens next. Golf is 
admittedly a sport I'm not an expert on. I love it. I watch a ton of golf, especially for a guy that does not actually golf. I would love to to pick it up as a sport. Can't really afford it. Also, I just don't know what I'm doing. But I do feel like, funny enough, it is a sport that has kind of had a revitalization with the younger generation. I think there's a lot of interest in the sport with people, you know, say under the age of 35, which is maybe not necessarily the reputation golf has. And I think there's an opportunity to really build something special at CSU, especially if you have more and more local kids coming up as talented golfers. I mean, some of these studs that have come through the program the last you know five years have, have been local guys. That's really neat. So I'm looking forward to seeing where the program goes from here. I'm looking forward to seeing how golf continues to grow with the younger generations. And who knows, maybe one of these days I'll even learn how to play myself. If you're a golf pro out there, teach me how to swing. I just, I just want to learn how to swing the club correctly. I know what I should be doing in theory. I've gone to the driving range. I've, I've played, you know, the, the par threes and whatnot. It's not like I have absolutely zero knowledge, but, um, as a kid that grew up playing competitive baseball, I have the hardest time keeping my hips, keeping my hips in the right place. My rotation is just all kinds of wonky and slice the hell out of the ball. And it, it's an ugly scene. It, it's an ugly scene. We'll just say that. But uh, that's all we got for this one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the DMVR Rams podcast. Hope you enjoyed this edition of what's happening in Agland. I will have more content coming up in the ensuing days. It's obviously a pretty quiet time for CSU right now. The next six weeks are probably our slowest time of the year, but it gives us an opportunity to have some fun. We'll get creative with some of the stuff we talk about. If you have any suggestions that you would love me to dive into, whether it's something historical or just numbers, the future of something, I don't know. If you if you have a topic you'd like me to talk about, though, throw it my way. It doesn't even necessarily have to be CSU in the offseason. I'd probably try and keep it sports-related, but not necessarily. Not necessarily. Like, don't get too wonky. We don't want to get, like, too political or too far out there or anything like that. I mean, if you listen to this podcast regularly, I hope you know that I just don't take myself all that seriously. And I think that there are far more qualified individuals to to talk about that kind of stuff. But I'm a huge music nerd. I love TV and, and film. I love talking about cinematography. We might dip our toes into some stuff like that just during the slower times in June, July, just to keep it interesting so I'm not rambling about the same things every single day. But shoot, man, football's going to be here before we know it. We've got week one lines out. We've got futures. I'm stoked. I'm, I'm starting to get to that stage where I'm really itching for it, you know, watching old games on YouTube and you know classic games on some of the, the sports channels. The Phil Steele preview will be out pretty soon. I mean, we're getting there. We're getting there, baby. But that's all I've got for today. Much love, y'all. Peace. Probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on that.